0: If you ain't my dog, I ain't calling you that. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Today we are wrapping up Dynasty Rookie Ranks. Yesterday we went through the, uh, the top 20 of my rookie ranks from the 2019 NBA Draft Class. Today what we're doing, someone did request this, I thought not a bad idea to end the week on this show. Looking at the top 30 players from this year's Draft Class plus the 2018 Draft Class class for Dynasty Value, Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. Let's get to it indeed. But before I do get to it, just a quick note. Today is the last podcast of me recording in Australia. On the weekend, I am heading over to the States for the next month. During that time, because I'm going to be, some of it is going to be working, because I'm going to be attending Las Vegas Summer League, but some of it is also going to be a vacation. So the podcast is not going to be coming five days a week over the month of July. For that first week, we're going to be hitting on free agency. I'll probably do two to three shows in that first week hitting on free agency. The next week will be focused mainly on Summer League when I'm there in Vegas talking about that. And then after that, when things in terms of free agency start dying down, we might get one, two shows a week. There might be a week even where I don't do any shows because, again, I am going to be on vacation and then back in business full-time back in August when I'm back in Australia. I don't know how the YouTube shows are going to look. It depends on how things work in, t- in the hotel room and uh, all the type of equipment I'm carrying over. Um, but there is going to be a reduction in shows over the next month as I will be traveling. Recording out of hotel rooms. And again, just trying to have a little bit of a break uh, as I uh, explore the United States. So I will be, if you're in San Francisco, I will be there Sunday. So I will see you guys. Maybe you'll see me around the city. And then heading to Vegas on the Wednesday in preparation for Summer League. And then I uh, might as well tell you the rest of where I'm going. Going to New York after that. Going to Montreal. Heading down to Miami and ending my trip in New Orleans. So that's going to be my month of July. Heading over to the United States. But let's talk about what we're here to talk about. Actually, just one other thing. I'm going to be recording some travel style vlogs. You've already seen a couple of those up on my YouTube channel. It's going to be documenting our trip over to the States as well. So There'll be some basketball talk in there, obviously, as we're talking about Vegas Summer League, but most of it's just going to be stuff that is not related to basketball. So if you want to see my trips and my travels and food and sites and that that we see over in those six US cities that we're uh, that we're going to be seeing during our month in the United States, check out the YouTube channel and check out my travel videos as well. But Let's talk Dynasty rookie ranks for these last two NBA. Draft classes. Let's start. At number 30, I'm not going to go into huge amounts of detail on all these guys. You know most of these players. At number 30, it's the burner, Jalen Brunson of the Dallas Mavericks. There's so much talk about the Mavericks looking at a point guard. Kemba Walker's name came out. Patrick Beverley's name came out today. That Brunson isn't a guarantee to start. Lex Luka Doncic, he played pretty well next to Doncic at the end of last season. I think he's got solid. And I've said this a million times, and some of it, I guess, is my bias because he's playing for the Mavericks as well. But there's a bit of J.J. Barea about him, a guy who can have multiple top 150 seasons, even in a bench role. 22, 23 minute a night roll. At some point, maybe it pushes to 26, 27 and he could even have a couple of years starting. Never going to be a really high upside type of a player, but a guy who absolutely shown he can stick in the NBA. At number 29, it's Landry Shamit. I like Landry Shaman as a player. He has got a certain NBA role for many years to come. He comes in, he bangs in threes. He's probably going to be the starting two guard on the Clippers next season, and he's going to give you threes. The problem is he gives you almost nothing else from a fantasy point of view. Doesn't get to the line. No rebounds, no assists, low steals, low usage play. Now, I think the usage will go up as his career goes on, but I don't ever see him, despite being a guy who'll probably play 30 plus minutes a night for the next five to seven seasons, not necessarily a guy who has massive fantasy type upside just because of what his game is. Maybe he can be a four and a half assist guy. I'm not convinced of that. Can he ever get steals? Can he ever be a high volume player? Will he ever hit two threes a game? Absolutely. He'll do more than that. But can those other numbers come in? We saw him be a key part of two playoff teams, the Sixers and and the Clippers this season, and never really sniffed fantasy relevance. So I imagine that's going to be more of the path for Shamit as he moves forward. At number 28, a bloke we just didn't really see at all this season, but I have massively high hopes for him. Jana Musa of the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets team could look completely different next season, but even if Kevin Durant signs, Kevin Durant's not going to be playing. Damari Carroll has a big chance to leave Ronda Hollis. Jefferson's already gone. There's Rowdy Rodion's Kuroks there as well. The Nets in the, in the past, a little bit different this season with Kuroks, have been pretty, uh, pretty reluctant to play rookies and give them that development time in the G League. And Musa was no exception. He also suffered a significant shoulder injury during the season, but he's a 6'9", uh, wing, who's also a, got some point guard abilities in him, can pass, can shoot, you know, can rebound, can get some defensive stats too. I think he's got really high upside, but this is more of a flyer type pick. At 27, and relooking looking at these rankings, I'm not certain that Aaron Holiday at 27 probably is the right spot. I think he could be higher. I think he's going to be a 20-minute-a-night guy, at least for the Pacers this season. They have no other point guards under contract at this point. That could all change by next week. But Holiday, a guy that showed himself much better than I anticipated last season in his rookie year. And this might be just a little bit low for him there at number 27. At number 26, Michael Porter Jr., the hype train on this guy is out of control for a bloke who I wasn't massively high on coming into the NBA from his fantasy skill set, a low assist steals, blocks, inefficient type of a play who can score and rebound a bit. That's all really useful, but the actual ceiling on him, plus the fact that he's now hasn't played basketball in basically two full seasons. Now there are a lot of clips going around of Porter at the moment, you know, slow motion dunks and how good he looks with his shirt off and that's all great, but these are slow motion dunks against no people. The Nuggets aren't going to be throwing him into a 30-minute role this season. There is zero chance of that. I think he's a a 10-minute-a-night sort of a guy, 12-minute-a-night sort of a guy. And I'm not convinced he ever gets his body healthy enough. In fact, his brother, who should have been a top 10 pick in this draft, Jonte Porter, was not even signed by a team, even not drafted, not signed, no summer league, nothing, because he tore his ACL twice. Both of his sisters have had ACL injuries, and Porter has missed two years with a back injury. There are significant body issues with his entire family, and the Porter, Jonte Porter situation, a lot of the reason why, He wasn't drafted or signed. It's not just because of his two CLs, it's because of the family history. And that's a real concern for Mick here as well. So that's why I've got him lower. Many of you, someone told me yesterday that they entertained a trade. Someone offered them a trade, Michael Porter Jr. for Chris Middleton straight up. And to me, that is bananas. Middleton's a guy who's a top 30 guy. We know he is. Now, will he be that in six years time? Probably not. Four years time, maybe. But will Porter ever actually play 30 minutes a night in the NBA? You'd have to put that chance at less than 50% at this point. So there is a big hive trend on Porter. 25, Josh Okogi of the Minnesota Timberwolves showed real defensive acumen last season. The shooting has to improve. He's going to be bat- battling Jarrett Culver this season for minutes, but if Andy Wiggins ends up getting moved, there's going to be opportunities for both of those blokes at the two and the three. I think Kogi is a starter in the NBA moving forward. Maybe not this season, but I think he will be moving forward, and he does have some fantasy upside, definitely. At number 24, DRC, Zaire Smith, a guy with massive upside. Much like Musa, we didn't get to see anything of Zaire from this coming season. But he is a guy, uh, had that injury, the broken foot and the sesame allergy, whatever sort of nonsense was going on in Philadelphia. But a guy who's got really high upside in defensive numbers. I think he's got a great ability to expand his offensive game. I think he can pass a bit as well. If there's anyone here that we can say is going to have a weird Jimmy Butler slash Kawhi Leonard type breakout from an unheralded rookie, or second year player in this case, I think Zaire is the guy. At 23, the fort, Kevin Knox. Ample opportunities last season. Literally one of the worst rookies in NBA history. Not a fantasy-friendly game. Inefficient. Low rebound steals, blocks, assists. Now, free throw is not great. I I, I worry about this guy. R.J. Barrett takes his position. Although, to be honest, Knox's best position is the four, uh, even though he played out of position last season at the three, despite the fact the Knicks didn't actually have a four. They refused to play him at his correct position. Um, Putting R.J. Barrett at the three, Knox at the four, it might help him a little bit. It might help him chuck less. I just don't think he's got a very fantasy-friendly game. But the minutes are obviously going to be there for the next couple of seasons. At number 22, my man, Gogo Badatze. Problem with my Gogo Mobile. Gogo Mobile. No, not the dart. Not the dart. Yes, the dart. Goga, he's probably not going to play a huge amount this season for the Pacers, but he is NBA ready. This is not one of those situations. Oh, it's an inter- international prospect. We're going to have to stash him. Now he's coming over. He's contributing. He's in the rotation straight away. Simple as that for Goga. He is good. He will be an NBA starter at some point, and he will be, I think, have, having that top 70 opportunity. Now, how long it's going to take to get there uh, remains to be seen, but I really do like his upside. 21, Darius Garland of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, I worry about this fit with Colin Sexton. I worry about the lack of passing for a point guard. Will the extreme efficiency in his shooting can translate over from those five games in college? Uh the, the rebound rate, the poor defense, will he ever be a solid enough starter? I have my concerns with Garland, but there is obviously upside there. At number 20, another 2019 rookie, Jarrett Culver of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Talked about a Kogi already. Culver's got the additional ability to distribute the ball and get assists. Can be a rebounder as well. The shot is is a worry, of course, with uh, the poor free throw shooting, the poor three-point percentage as well. He's not going to have to carry as large a usage in Minnesota that he did with Texas Tech. But there are still some concerns there. So I've got him at number 20 in this combined dynasty class. At number 19, another 2019 guy, Kobe White of the Bulls. Big opportunity for him with Chris Dunn, seemingly out of favor in Chicago. He can assist. He can get steals. He can score. He can hit threes. He can hit free throws. Will he ever be an upper echelon point guard? I have significant doubts about that but I've got him here at number 19. Number 18, Miles Bridges, really came on at the end of the season, has that real triple one potential, along with pretty solid efficiency from both the field and from the line. The passing, I don't really ever think we'll get there with Bridges, but I think we're going to see a pretty large opportunity come his way in James brego's second season in Charlotte. Number 17, my other Nets man, Rowdy Rodion's Kuroks, um, started quite a number of games for the Nets. I will continue to maintain that this guy will have multiple top 100 NBA seasons. I don't exactly know how it's going to play out for him this season. And with that Nets rotation, there are so many ups and downs, but a guy who can get steals and get blocks, who can score, who can rebound, who can hit threes, and I think can be generally pretty efficient. I really like Kurok's as a long-term prospect. Number 16 is me being maybe a little bit stubborn. I've got uh, Mo Bamba. One, two, three, four, five. I don't really... Look, he was piss poor for most of last season, but a three-point shooting, shot-blocking big man is intriguing. He needs to step his ass up significantly from what we saw last season. The Nikola Vucevic situation obviously is uh something looming over the magic. Kem Birch, also restricted free agent, who, let's be honest, was significantly better than Bumba last season. But there's a chance that one or two of those guys have gone. Bumba has a year of experience in the NBA, recovers from that leg issue that is going to enable him to play a bigger role. I've still got some faith in him. It's not as high as what it was before, and he has dropped down significantly than when, from where he would have. Been uh, at this time last year. At number fifteen, it's Brandon Clark of the Memphis Grizzlies. You recall I had him really high in my dynasty ranks for this year. That just shows the the um, relative strength of this class versus last class. I really like Clark. The age does play against him, but he could have multiple top sixty type seasons. I think in the NBA. At number 14, R.J. Barrett of the New York Knicks. You'll notice that Barrett is considerably lower than many people would have expected. I just worry about the lack of efficiency and defensive numbers from Barrett. I think he'll get multiple opportunities to score, much like his teammate Kevin Knox. But can he do more than that? Yes, he can pass, but he's very, very tunnel visioned. The assists don't necessarily feel like they'll always be that good in the NBA or as good as they were in college. I'm not as high on Barrett as other people. And to me, my surprise, I even had the Padawan, Colin Sexton, ahead of Barrett because Sexton showed that he could be a scorer. He showed that he could be an efficient shooter, which is not something I thought Sexton would be. But he was a 40% three-point shooter as a rookie. He had that big stretch of 20-point games. Now, he is an absolutely piss-poor, steals-generator, assists-and-rebound sort of guy. But at least he showed that he can score and score at an efficient level. So that's what gives him the boost there. At number 12, Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter of the Atlanta Hawks. Just pencil him in as the starting shooting guard this season. This bloke can pass. This go can score. He can hit threes. Um he can get some steals and the efficiency is there for Herder. He's never going to be a top 20 sort of a guy, I don't believe, but I think he can maybe just knock on the door of the top 50, just get the just get the tip in right at the top 50, but mainly have multiple, multiple top 75, top 80 type seasons in his career. At number 11, McCall Bridges of the Phoenix Suns. Bridges should be getting 30-plus this season for the Suns, but they'll find some way to dick him around and screw it up when he is the best defender on this team. He can get a triple one. I expect his three-point shooting to really improve this season. He's never going to be a high usage guy, but he has to be a better usage guy than he was last season when Kokoshkov and the Suns just didn't give him the ball. We'll expect more minutes from him. He is significantly better than Josh Jackson already. Everybody's aware of that. I said that all of last season, but we all understand that that's actually true now, uh, and he's going to be getting big minutes. This is where it gets interesting, the top 10, because out of these two draft classes, I've got Shea Gilgis-Alexander at number 10. Now, I think Gilgis-Alexander is probably going to have multiple top 40 NBA fantasy seasons. Just goes to show you the strength of um, mainly last year's draft class, but these last uh, these two guys. And out of these top 10, I've only got two 2019 guys in it, and I'm sure you can, can understand who those guys are. So I've got Shea at number 10, the Clippers in play for free agents, Kawhi Leonard. I think getting Kawhi would really help Shay, but Shay's a guy who can score. He does it efficiently. The shooting still has to come around a little bit. I think the assists, that, that's the worry with him. Can the assists actually jump up? But he can rebound, he can steal, he can block shots. There's a lot of positives in Shay. At number nine, it's Ja Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. Morant should be close to a top 70, top 80 guy this season. Long-term, I'm not sold on him ever being an elite leader of a team as something just drops behind me on the video. All right, fix that up. Now, now as for Morant, yeah, I don't necessarily see him, him being a surefire NBA all-star caliber point guard, but the assist numbers are super intriguing. He can generate steals. We just need the shooting to get there. I think he can rebound at a higher rate. I think he can score at a decent rate, and he's in an unbelievably good situation in Memphis. I've got Morant at number nine. At number eight, it's Mitchie Robinson. Someone messaged me today to say they were in a dynasty startup league, not a dynasty rookie draft, and Mitch Robinson went at 11. Now, that is absolutely batshit insane, but that just shows the value of this guy. Maybe he's too low here, but this there is a ton of strong guys here ahead of him. Robinson's my number eight guy out of these two classes. Block shots like they were going out of fashion. Field goal percentage really high. I think his usage, his rebounding can all come together. Now, I don't know what the Knicks are going to do. They could go out and do something absolutely ridiculous and sign DeMarcus Cousins and then limit Rob uh, Robinson to like 18 minutes a night, 20 minutes a night, which would be ridiculous. But It's the Knicks, so anything is possible. But Robinson has absolutely a lead upside. Massive chance at a top 40 position, even for this season alone. At number seven, it's Marvin Bagley III of the Sacramento Kings. I'm not as high on Bagley as many are. I think he can score, I, I know he can score, uh, I know he can rebound, I worry about what he can do in other areas, although the shot blocking was much better last season than anticipated, efficiency is a concern, steals, assists, threes, will he ever get any of those? And I worry that some of, he makes some poor decisions with the ball sometimes, and his inability to go right at all at some point could limit him, although it never really seemed to impact Zach Randolph that much, but Bagley is in a, a different class in terms of just being a left-only sort of a player. At number six, Wendell Carter Jr. I firmly believe in Carter. Although Jim Boylan just screwed this guy's rookie season up took the ball out of his hands, wouldn't allow him to shoot threes. This is a guy who's got Al Horford-like skill set, Al Horford-like statistical profile, assists, blocks, steals, efficiency, shoots threes, rebounds, scores. He can do it all. And I think he will have top 25 seasons in the NBA. DeAndre Ayton, we already saw what he can do. He needs to get better. We need more blocks. I'm not actually convinced they'll ever come, but he can shoot threes. I don't know why he never did last season. That can come and that's what will push him into the top 20. At number four, it's Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Memphis Grizzlies. This is a guy that can do it all as well. Massive shot blocking, hitting threes, scoring, can generate steals, a better passer than you might anticipate. Same with Aiton as well. Uh, Hits his free throws at a really high rate. Um, i got a long way to go because he's got into a lot of foul trouble. We saw the tantalizing upside from Jackson last season. At number three, it's Trey Young, who was absolutely lights out to end last season. And I think he's going to be probably a second round draft pick in fantasy leagues this season, maybe maybe third if you're lucky. If he's in the third, I'd be snapping it up. Um, We saw that huge stretch. Now he, he can go cold from three at any point and have really poor stretches. That That's going to happen with a lot of these sort of guys. But Young, I think is going to be a top 20 staple for many years to come. At number two, it's Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. Doncic's efficiency is what kept him out of the top 30 this season. I think that will improve. The scoring was there. The rebounds were there. The assists were there. I think he can improve some steals, but it's all going to come down to efficiency for Doncic. And when that comes up, he has got the top 10 written all over him. And at number one, as my number one dynasty prospect across both of the 2018-19 draft classes, of course, is Zion Williamson. I know he hasn't played a game in the NBA, and putting him over Doncic might seem silly, but I think he's got the potential to be a number one player in fantasy by the end of his rookie contract. I think Doncic can be top 10. I think Young can probably push top 10 as well. Uh, I think Zion can push number one, like number one. That's that's where Zion can go. Steals, blocks, rebounds, passing. I think he can do that. I think the threes will come. I think the scoring will be through the roof. The efficiency can be a concern, but we've seen guys like LeBron James, LeBron James, we've seen guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo push towards number one while shooting poor free throws. And I think that's exactly the sort of player that Zion is going to become in the NBA. So there you have it. A little bit of a shorter show today as we go through just our top 30 or my top 30 dynasty rookies from the last two draft classes. As always, if you've got any uh, comments, leave them below on the YouTube video. Tweet at me at redrock underscore beeble. Tell me which bits I got wrong. Tell me which bits I got right. Who you would have put in, who would you would have left out. All that sort of great stuff. Follow the network at LockedOnNBA.net on both Twitter and on Instagram. And of course, subscribe to this show so you never miss an episode. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, guys. We are done here. See you in America. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Antonio Blakeney.